Here we go. Three, two, one. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you all had a great uh, holiday vacation. Plenty of food, plenty of alcohol, plenty of parties. And uh, get back to the gym, exercise, and please maintain maintain everything. Hindi pwedeng January, February lang ang fitness regimen. Tapos afterwards, eh, kono no ng excuses. Normally, that's the trend. It's January, February. Let's extend it to March. Everyone's on this whole fitness journey bullshit. And then later, towards mid year and towards the year end, all of the excuses will spring up and uh, kung ano nung pinagagawa natin. But for now, I want to discuss and cover... Uh, I was supposed to do this like a couple of days ago, but I've been very busy. I uh, was able to watch and re-watch and re-watch again uh, Glory Kickboxing's Collision 2. Per- this is perhaps uh, one of the biggest and probably one of the best cards out there for the simple reason that the main event was between Rico Verhoeven and Bader Hari. Now, <clears throat> Excuse me. For the non-kickboxing fans, okay, Rico Verhoeven is the longest-running heavyweight champion, and Bader Hari is one of the baddest motherfuckers out there when it comes to kickboxing. Rico Verhoeven has been uh, a staple in the kickboxing scene ever since. He's very technical. He's very fast. He's strong. Uh, he's methodical in his approach towards kickboxing. And um, he's been the longest-running heavyweight champion. And Badr Hari is... They're trying to picture him as the bad boy of kickboxing. Um, he's Plainly put, he's a savage. You know, he's strong. He's athletic. He is a freak of nature in the sense that most of the fights that that he was able to to go under kickboxing uh, organizations. Um, I think he was part of K1 as well. And he, he went around. He went around. He he went through so many promotions. Basically just kickboxing. I'm not sure if he, if he did some Muay Thai. But he had freakishly strong punching power. Uh, he had really good kicks that most, if not all of his fights... Uh, like ended up in the early rounds like first second third round um there are only like a handful that went the full distance i don't even uh, there's probably like one or two fights that ended the full i uh, know the, the entire duration of the bout pero majority of his fights ended in the first three rounds that's how powerful he is that's how he would that, that, that's the work rate and, and the pressure that he would apply to you he would always start everything with intimidation and then from there work on the mental lapses and then I mean he'll he'll take advantage of all of all the small opportunities that you'll give him. Now for the non kickboxing fans, uh kickboxing is a very I I, I share this sentiment with Joe Rogan. Uh, boxing is very popular. MMA is very popular. Um Muay Thai has somewhat of attraction. However, bakit bakit hindi sikat ang kickboxing? Um, I, I don't know. Um, probably because MMA, uh, my my take lang is that MMA was was just far ahead that a lot of people suddenly had a better understanding of the sport and the martial art aspect of it. Na they just saw that. All fights would start standing up, and there's that possibility. There's that possibility that it could end in the ground, and I mean that, that probably 
that probably hindered the popularity or the rise of popularity of 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 kickboxing but for for fight fans in general i uh sincerely urge you to watch kickboxing fights um there are several promotions out there but for me the the one i really uh, i only have the time to watch is uh glory glory has an amazing roster they have really good kickboxers and um collision 2 which happened last year was a true testament to the to the skill set and and the and the entertainment value of kickboxing so Rico Verhoeven and Bader Hari are like two how do i put it they're 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 on opposing spectrums okay that that's why stylistically this fight was was an amazing amazing fight uh they first squared off uh two, 2016 if i remember correctly so uh for those who have better knowledge please uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think the first time they fought each other was 2016 and um a lot of uh a lot of people expected the fight to either go the distance or if it went the distance Verhoeven would win if it goes the first two rounds Bader Hari would probably knock out Rico Verhoeven so initially uh, again Verhoeven is a very smart fighter the game plan was to to take him to the later rounds because Everyone knew that Bader Hari, was, Bader Hari wasn't really a tested fighter. He would he would do his best to finish everything in the first three rounds, and afterwards, uh, it's it's some sort of a stigma or or a downward spiral for him. But the hindi siya hindi later rounds kind of guy. He would always like if you weather the first quarter storm, you're good. So that was uh, initially the. Uh, what do you call this? The probably the game plan of 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 Verhoeven in their first fight, and um, everyone knew what Badrhar was gonna do. He was he would attack right off the bat, and um, first fight that's what they did. Uh, they they he attacked immediately. Verhoeven was able to to evade some of them, but he got hit. Uh, Bader did his did his best to to do everything. He would he would pulverize with punches. He would do leg kicks he would always um he loves to do mid kicks and high kicks uh, uh i forgot the name of that kick but, but it's a spinning hill kick but a lot of people named it after him and they, they I, i'll get back to you on that nickname but it's um one of bother's uh bother Hari's favorite finishes is a spinning hill kick and he would knock out people with that so he will always go to that combination. It will always be initial initial punches to the to the face. Yeah, he would attack the body, go for go for a body kick, go for a high kick, and then later on set up that spinning heel kick. And um, he he would always pack a punch. There's always huge amount of power in his hands. He always kick people to to oblivion, and and that gained him the popularity that he has today. Now they match that up with his attitude and in his uh, approach to fighting, and he's very easy to admit that he's a savage, he's an animal. He would always tell people, "I'm I'm going to the ring to fight. So what do you want me to do? Not hate the guy and this and that." He was he was like, uh, "He's the bad boy of kickboxing." Now. Uh, First meeting happened just like that, and then 
like later on in the um, late in the first round or the second round um Bader Hari seemed to dislocate his elbow so they had to stop the fight and then a lot of words were exchanged and um Bader said he's going to get back and he he plainly said that he didn't want to lose that way and he's pretty sure that Rico Verhoeven didn't want to win that way Dr. Stoppage is he's um uh uh doctor stoppage they had to stop the fight because his his bone was like spurting out and then Verhoeven just said you know what uh, that's been his staple ever since and to credit Rico Verhoeven he had a very valid point most of the losses if not all the losses of Bader came from like stoppages from weird angles and weird reasons so if you want to confirm that go go check out Bader Hari's like habits in the ring so it, it took them, so that was 2016. So it took three years. It took three years before, took three years before the the rematch happened. So here comes uh, they're they're a little bit older, uh, they're they're more seasoned. During that time, Bader was um, recovering. He was getting stronger. He was uh, he healed his injuries and then got back into fighting. And then it led to 2019. That's why they said collision two. Uh, they met again. Okay, so in the in in that three year period, Rico, you know, Verhoeven just kept on defending his belt. So he would defeat. Uh, I think he has he's the longest running heavyweight champion in glory. So I have to check that as well. So if anyone knows, but for me, I think he's the longest running. I mean, he's defended that belt so many times. So leading to 2019. Then came what everyone wanted to happen. It was Bader Hari versus Rico Verhoeven for the second time. And this time, the heavyweight belt was on the line. And um, it was a very packed arena. Uh, everyone came there to, to watch the fight. Everyone wanted to know uh, who is better and probably who is the best at the heavyweight division. So everything lived up to the hype. Everything lived up to the hype. And then, you know, I, I was... I, I initially watching it, I'm like, okay, Rico's gonna be methodical here, and then Bother will just do his best to knock him out in the first round. And that almost happened. I mean, that almost happened. First round, uh, like it was a it was a right cross or a right hook. Rico Verhoeven fell to the floor, standing eight count. He was able to recover, and then Bother just charged in again. Okay, Bader just charged it again, kept punching, kept kicking, and then um, like afterwards, uh, he was able to knock him down again. It was a counter left. It was either a counter left or a counter right of a combination. He perfectly timed it. Rico was coming in. Bader saw it. Counter straight. Bam. Rico goes down again. Now, here's the thing. He, this is what I'm talking about. This is the power that Bader Hari possesses. But at the same time, it showed the resolve of Rico Verhoeven as a champion. I mean, two standing eight counts. He was still up and running. The moment that the moment that Bader tried to to capitalize on on him recovering, he was able to pull off his his combinations. Uh, if you watch the fight closely, you'll see that. The best combinations are the ones that you train in the gym and has become muscle memory. And, you know, everything runs by instinct. 
Um, clearly, si Rico was very dazed. He wasn't. He hasn't really recovered from the knockdowns. Pero he would just he would just allow his body to recite the combinations. It was just jab, straight, cross, and then it's either finishing off with a left kick, or he would he would really re- he was one of the really guys who would do a very technical and accurate inside leg kick. And then for the big guys out there, calf kicks, man, calf kicks. He's he's a very very strong proponent of calf kick calf kick so if you see uh what it calls if you see the early rounds or the early minutes of that fight he would always throw like a four punch combination and then cap it off with a leg kick an inside leg kick or a calf kick he capitalized on the calf kick now um on the second round uh by by the time that 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 bother was just really keen on knocking him out he kept throwing spinning heel kicks he kept throwing spinning heel kicks I think it was the second or third one. The third one, he kicked and then landed He landed the wrong way, twisted his ankle. I don't know, I'm sorry. Twisted his knee and then here we go again. It was like 2016 all over again. 2016 was the arm. It was a popped elbow. And then this time now it's it's a, uh, what do you call this? Uh, now he injured his knee. So... Clearly, he was very much disappointed. He was cursing all over the place. Rico was trying to pacify him, but he didn't want any of it. Um, so Rico Verhoeven retains the title. And I really hope that, that Bader Hari is able to recover. And then they get to do it the third time. Because, you know, there's just too many unresolved... There's just too many unresolved uh, issues with regards to those two. I mean, Rico was able to... Rico was able to weather the first quarter storm on the first fight. The second fight, Badr Hari knocked him down twice. And it clearly shows, I mean, Badr just clearly showed the world that Rico Verhoeven can be knocked down. Number two, he had the power to do it. And however, he didn't have the patience to methodically dismantle him. So um, it, it was very, it was an exciting fight to watch. Uh, the injury was anticlimactic, although I kind of there, there was a small part of me that really expected that to happen. I'm like, come on! I'm like, oh, it bothers now in emergency mode. Na, na tipo, okay, I haven't. I, I in his mind, he was probably okay. I haven't, I haven't taken care of business. He's not yet out. I mean, we're going to the second round, approaching the third one. Okay, here we go. Uh, it could be fate, could be anything, but you know. It, it wasn't conclusive. So I hope they run it again. And uh, this episode is just to make people realize the the value of kickboxing. So whether you're a striking aficionado or you're an MMA fan, uh, organizations like, like from boxing promotions to kickboxing promotions, you'll definitely see that there is a wide array of talent out there. There are so many promotions that have talented fighters that you can watch you can emulate you can learn from and um i just basically want to promote like a, a very active style of fighting because uh a lot of people put put a lot of uh put a lot of emphasis on muay thai i'm not dissing on muay thai i practice muay thai i love muay thai it's just that it's not an it's not the fighting style for longevity if you watch a lot of Muay Thai fights, they like to stand toe-to-toe. Okay? They, they, they always stand toe-to-toe. It's always one hit after another, one hit after another. Fighters receive so much damage. 
for a little amount of money and then they they have to fight like every other week some fighters fight every week so it takes a lot of a lot their bodies take a lot of damage and um muay thai fighters retire early and by by 30s by mid or late 30s they have to retire because their body is, is so beaten up and then they can't afford to to recover anymore whereas um other fighting styles like, like for example like the one we're discussing right now like kickboxing in general like the dutch style of kickboxing it's very elusive you you use a lot of footwork you use a lot of angles you combine punches and kicks in and you synchronize the movement so that everything feels natural for me especially when i train and coach fighters i want their strikes to be synchronized in such a way that it feels natural okay so for for those wondering how i coach striking for mma my, my one of my first requirements is everything has to feel comfortable everything has to feel natural if the combination doesn't feel natural we will not use it because it doesn't go well with how your body moves if it doesn't feel comfortable enough for you and you use it inside the cage or inside the ring you'll be tentative you'll second guess you won't be able to execute next category would be or next criteria would be i will definitely utilize a striking style that would complement the fighters wrestling and or grappling um, they have to work hand in hand especially in MMA because they're not going to be striking for 5 rounds they're not going to be um, going at it for 3 or 5 rounds depends on, on, on the format that they're going in but there's going to be striking there's going to be clinching there's going to be grappling there's going to be wrestling there's going to be uh, a lot of so, uh, there, there's going to be a lot of factors involved so everything has to work together as one unit and um I started off with with boxing and then later on I realized okay for MMA kickboxing is kickboxing kinda has a slightly a slightly better advantage because you're not squared enough, you're not fighting toe to toe, you're moving with your feet, you're utilizing angles, you combine your punches and your kicks in such a way that it will open up other angles for either a clinch, a takedown. Um, hindi mo siya, hindi, hindi rin, it does, it's not predictable as well. It depends on what you're gonna do. So uh, I, I continuously do my best to learn all the different styles of kickboxing. Depends on the fighter, depends on, on the point of origin, depends on how they execute it, uh, which angles they attack, and then from there I go like, okay, this would probably work for this fighter. This will probably work given this particular situation. So, you know, that's that's the beauty of learning and relearning things. That's why for me, I always, um, I always do my best to watch um, boxing bouts. I watch a lot of kickboxing. A lot. I watch Muay Thai bouts. And then, um, pag merong, hmm, if there's time, I'll do my best to watch some karate, some taekwondo. Uh, what else? But, I mean, for, for, for the limited time, limited free time that I have, I, I revolve around those striking arts. Particularly how I can work 
with the techniques and the concepts and the principles behind it so that when it's time for me to to put it into practice or to coach fighters i have a better understanding of how to communicate the principles and the concepts to them kasi madaling sabihin jab straight hook uppercut hook straight Diba? Madaling maghawak ng pads na jab straight hook ka dito, straight hook straight, tapos sipa ka dito, sipa ka doon. Pero for you to create and then teach a combination and tell the significance of it, like why are you going to step on this way? Why are you punching at this angle? Why are you going to move this way? Okay, you have to explain it to your fighter so that they'll be more confident when it comes to executing. And then you will tell them, And they will figure things out on their own eventually. The succeeding patterns or the succeeding combinations that they can throw. So in a way, you are teaching them concepts and principles that will be beneficial for how they move naturally. So, ayun. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's the point of, of, of watching. Okay, so that's it for now. Uh, I think, medyo matagal na eh. So I think, or I believe, the fights are probably on YouTube right now. If you can, if you want to watch them. Okay, or if you want to watch uh, what happened between Rico Verhoeven and Bader Hari. I think it's on YouTube. Uh, you can come check out Glory Kickboxing on their Facebook and Instagram pages. It's at Glory Kickboxing. And then um, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, just type in Coach Franco Rolloda. That's me. F-I-A-N-C-O-R-U-L-L-O-D-A. Follow me on Instagram as well. Uh, it's at Franco Rolloda. F-R-A-N-C-O-R-U-L-L-O-D-A. So, thank you to DevTech Rockwell, DevTech Makati, DevTech Better Living. Come check out Knots and Crosses, best jiu-jitsu gear in town. Okay, and then... Uh, Shout out to my boys there at Awon Coffee. Okay, you go follow them on Instagram as well. We're also on Facebook. It's Awon, A-W-O-N, Coffee. Just type uh, just type Awon Coffee on the search bar and you will see them. Uh, great tasting coffee. Amazing coffee. Uh, if you go read the literature and the history behind the company, uh, they these are ethically sourced uh, coffee beans. They have... Um, local partners so now it's easier for the farmers to to sell their products because a one a one coffee partners up with them so all they have to do is just get the coffee beans grind them up dry them up dry dry them up grind them and then a one coffee sells them fantastic coffee okay so a one has uh coffee drips uh coffee grinds and cold brew i mean i, I love the uh, Me, I love, I, I particularly buy the uh, coffee drips. Because I, I, when I travel, I, I have to bring coffee drips. I don't want to buy, I, I don't like uh, instant coffee. They're bad for you. So I like to get coffee drips from them. And then whenever I enjoy my coffee here at home or when I'm in the office, I I have my regular coffee grounds from them. So, uh, pala. Okay, I want coffee, everyone. So for those coffee lovers out there. And then um what else? Okay, that's about it. Okay. Thank you everyone for listening. Happy New Year again and uh we'll catch you on the next podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>